I don't know about you, man, but I'm getting really sick and tired of people in movie theaters. Did you have an experience? Ah, uh, dude, like the. It doesn't matter where we sit. It doesn't matter what I choose, where we go to sit. It, it, there's always like a kid picking the back of my seat or talking really loudly or fighting about fucking popcorn behind me. It's it's so annoying. Uh, did you have something specific happen to you when you saw the movie? Everything I just said. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> yep. Same kid or different kids? Uh there were there were like three kids and two adults, and like the kids just loudly like, "I want the popcorn." Oh, you get the popcorn. Dad's like, "Stop fighting about the popcorn." <laughs> in the middle of a fucking movie. Come on, shut the hell up. I mean, thank God we were in the the uh, Cinemark XD, so like most of the sounds from the theater, like covered it up. Covered it up, yeah, but like in the quiet sequences and stuff. Yeah. Guys, the more popcorn! <laughs> sure, here you go! Fucking shut up! I would love to, like, win the lottery so that, like, I could buy every single fucking ticket. <laughs> it's, just... <laughs> it's just me and whoever else I want to bring. That's That would be the best way to support a movie. You sell out the theater for a showing. You'd be on the list, Brian. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. I... Free popcorn or do I have to pay for my own popcorn? Oh, I mean, if I had the money, I'd bring the popcorn machine with us. You should buy a theater. Like, screw it. Fuck yeah, man. Dude, we could play, like, hardcore, like, movie theater games. Do you imagine playing, um, Grand Theft Auto on the... Oh, I see what you're... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty fucking badass. You could, you could play with a hundred of your best friends all in the same theater. <laughs> could you imagine doing some raids on Destiny in that fucker? <laughs> it, you know, yeah, we could do... You could have six people playing, and then you have a live studio audience there. Yeah. Cheering for the one person. <laughs> yeah, the, the one guy that knows what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, you know, when you die. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, guys. It's too much pressure. <laughs> I think it's a million dollar idea. Now you just got to get that million dollars. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. Hey, Brian, do you have any tape? Uh, <laughs> y- yes, somewhere. I have to find it in my backpack. Uh, and he's been MIA for a while, but I'm happy to announce that it's the return of Mike Romano. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about putting something like that in the intro, but I was like, no, nah, somebody's going to bring it up. I'll let you guys have your moment. I made it my Facebook profile picture. I did see that today, that. yeah. <laughs> The memes for that are everywhere, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like posters of Mary Poppins with Yondu. Yeah. It's fucking great. Uh, all right, as I've been doing the last, I don't know, five, six, seven, I can't remember now how many episodes, but we're getting close to our 100th. This is, I think, 94, if my count is, is correct. Is it really? Yeah. Damn, I've been, I've been going that long. See? I don't remember. You were probably back in the 70s sometime. Well, you know what? I bet you the last... I know I had Ida. We know we had Ida. It was the last time I was on, so that's at least January. Yeah, I don't, yeah. so if we do... Of course, well, I think we skipped a couple of weeks, but if we do four yeah. a month... So, yeah, you're looking at four, eight, twelve, well, six, 16, 20-ish? 16. Some, somewhere in there. Yeah. 
Oh. Oh, it feels good to be back. <laughs> right? <laughs> Aside from my shit not working right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're getting close to the 100. Uh, what I've been trying to do, and if you would like to give us some questions, topic suggestions for anything, we'll try to use them for the show. Give us some material. Uh, we'll probably still try to do the clip show like we did for the 50th. I've been trying to stockpile some clips that I've been sitting on for a while that I think probably most of everyone forgot about, so those are always fun to go through. Are we doing another live 100? That's the idea. Yeah, nice. we'll try to get us all in the same room. Nice. Uh, i got to pick a date and try to work around everybody's schedules, but yeah, we'll see if we can make that work. Nice. So if you want to send us some suggestions, the Facebook page is probably the best way to do it. I think it's probably where, where we're most active. So you can go to Facebook, search for Bry Guys Super Friends, or go to www.facebook.com slash Friends. And I've also given us a couple other avenues. You can email us at BryGuysSuperFriends at gmail.com or tweet us at BGSuperFriends on Twitter. Any of those will work. We are probably more likely to see it on Facebook. I don't check the email or Twitter as much as I would like because uh, no one seems to send us anything, even though I've been doing this for like 10 weeks announcing all this. Sooner or later, we might get something. Otherwise, I might just start poking, posting some updates and see if we can get anything directly from people. If I if I start asking nice, maybe it'll happen. Do we have any other reviews other than Papaguchi still? Uh, it was it was Papaguchi and then like Dave or Daniel or something. Yeah, I think it was just those two. Of course, I haven't Dave's checked new. iTunes in a while. Dave, Dave 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 was there a while ago. Oh, he's new. I I don't I mean, I, I didn't know this. Yeah, I thought I remember I bringing knew. up Dave before. I knew Papaguchi. Yeah, Papa. He, he has the most recognizable name. I think <laughs> it's the one that sticks with you. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the plan. We'll, uh, see when we get there. Hopefully, hopefully by end of June, beginning of July, maybe sometime in there, we'll probably hit the 100, so you can keep an eye out for that one. As for this episode, if you haven't guessed, we're gonna be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. No. I thought we were talking about Mary Poppins tonight. You know, I'm sure that'll come up over the course of our discussion. Probably will. Uh, so Guardians Volume 2 is the 15th MCU movie. That is a crazy that this has been going on for that long, and which sort of begs the question because I had somebody ask me this, and I I just sort of want to get your guys' opinion. Now that we're fifteen movies deep into the MCU, does someone need to watch the rest of these MCU movies before they see Guardians two, or do you think they're okay just watching Guardians one and then going to Guardians two and not watching any of the other ones? Just watch Guardians one. Yeah, they would just either watch Guardians one. You think they stand alone enough that you don't really need the rest of the Absolutely. I don't okay. think I don't think you'll need to until you get to like the Infinity Gauntlet when everything kind of crosses over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it re- really, there's there's apps. I mean, other than like little itty bitty things that we would notice, but there's there's no crossover at all. At least not that I've even picked up that I've noticed in both the movies. I mean, you get the big bad that we're going to see in Infinity War in Guardians One. Yes, and and the things he's trying to collect are in Guardians. Well, at least one of them is in Guardians One. They allude to some other ones. So the setup for the overall MCU story is in there. Yeah, but I think if you're just if we're just talking just to see Guardians of the Galaxy Two, you don't need to see anything else but Guardians of the Galaxy One. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Now, if you're going into Infinity Wars before you see anything, then yeah, you're gonna have to watch. But you gotta watch all fifteen just because principle. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus you got to learn all the characters that are going to be involved in that movie. This is also very true. But, yeah, I mean, I guess at the very least, if you watch Guardians 1 and enjoy it, and you like Guardians 2 and enjoy it, that's sort of your tease to the other, like, the larger Marvel universe. Yeah. 
So maybe it'll bring people around and they'll want to come back and watch the other ones and fill in the gaps. Um, all right, that's a good start-off question. Uh, but before I think we get into the discussion of the movie, I think we sort of discussed this beforehand. I think it's probably easier if we just throw out the spoiler warning now, just to sort of cover our ass, because we don't know when we could slip up and talk spoilers, because there's probably stuff we want to get into early. Uh, so that, consider this your spoiler warning for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause us now, come back to us after seeing the movie, because from here on out, we could be talking spoilers, and we don't want to ruin it for you. So... Pause us now. Wee wee spoiler. Wee wee spoiler. You know something like that. All right. So if you're still with us, you are full game, full bore for spoilers. We're gonna get into this. Uh, so what do you guys want to start with? What uh, stuck out to you guys for the movie? Don't all jump out at once. <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about ego. All right. Start with ego. What do you guys think of ego? I'm a big Kurt Russell fan, so I thought he did, he, he did a pretty good job with it, but what a jackass. <laughs> well, dude, his name's Ego. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't have expected much else, but... Yeah, he come on, seriously. <laughs> well, I think, Andy, I think, were you the one that we're, we talked about before that you were a little jacked that they brought the whole, like, they revealed him as being the father oh, in the yeah, trailers? Oh, yeah, don't put that in the fucking trailer, you ass rammers. Yeah, now, that, is pretty, that is pretty beat. Well, the only thing with that is I, I sort of give it to their credit is like they were a lot of the promotional stuff, especially the trailers and stuff. They were using footage aside from maybe that bomb sequence. That was third act stuff. But every other commercial trailer, I feel like that I'd seen. And granted, I was trying to avoid some of the stuff, but the main trailers that I had seen was basically the first 20 minutes of the movie. The reveal that Ego is Peter Quill's father is 15 minutes 20 minutes into the movie. Right. I don't really consider that a spoiler if they're showing it that early in the movie. The twist is that Ego's the bad guy. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't show us that, but I, I'd still would have rather... I mean, they told us for how long that they were going to reveal Star-Lord's father in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if you've watched one, I mean, they, they, at the very end of it, they say, you know, you were, they, they said that at Novacore that he was, you know, part of something ancient. Right. I mean, so, I mean, is it a spoiler? Yes, but is it, I mean, is it a huge spoiler? No. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, they, they, Yondu even alludes to trying to pick Peter up for his dad and he was in the first one. Him, yeah, and he called him an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the groundwork was there. Yeah. Um, were you guys surprised that he turned out to be the villain, or is that something you were expecting? Well, I kind of knew Ego from the comic books. And so I you knew, knew he was going to be a jackass? I knew he, yeah, I knew he was a jackass. You got, name, you got your name is Ego. <laughs> You're going to be a jackass. So, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of figured he would be, because they didn't really play up anything else. So I didn't really think there would be... It's not like they had, like... I mean, you know, when the first one came out, we we knew Ronan was going to be the bad guy, the the antagonist, basically. Yeah, I I was surprised that the the Sovereign was also that so they had kind of like two antagonists, right? Yeah, the, the Sovereign and Ego. I actually feel like they were setting up the Sovereign people more for probably Volume Three. Yeah, I think so. Not too. necessarily this one, especially at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah, the end credits stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
one thing I sort of want to get into with Ego was notoriously, I guess the Marvel movies usually have a problem with their villains. They don't normally, they fall kind of flat. They're largely forgettable. Do you think Ego falls under that category? You think he stands out a little bit more than most? I think he did. I thought they fleshed him out pretty well. Yeah. See, and the fact that, and I think he was bigger. He was just like, you know, there was more to him. I think I think they did it. I think that he was probably, aside from Loki, probably my favorite villain. Okay. I mean, there's not too many really to be, you know, really too excited to I me mean, because if we're just talking MCU, it's really only uh, only Loki and Red Skull that have I liked so far. Would you consider Bucky a bad guy? No. Okay. Yes, but he was a misunderstood bad guy. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, my my favorite bad guy, and as much as some people might disagree with me, is still, um, what's his, oh shit, um, the guy that played Green Goblin, the original Green Goblin. Oh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, he's still my favorite. Oh, uh, okay. I, th- I think it was just because of his laugh. <laughs> he had an excellent Green Goblin laugh. Yeah, that's still, he, that is still my, my favorite villain, but I, I like Ego, I like him a lot, because, you know, you got, you got more backstory with him, and. Then and and he was big. I mean, he was a, he was a fucking planet. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it was just like, oh, I'm the big bad. Here you go. There was a lot more interaction. I would like, I, I think, with with him. Yeah, I think one of like I, I sort of agree. I think I think they did a better job sort of fleshing him out. The only problem I saw is that I guess because he they sort of introduced him a little bit late. Again, like 20 minutes into the movie. And it's not for another 10 or 15 minutes that you finally start getting the backstory. And all it is is, like, Ego turns into this exposition machine as you're looking at, like, these dioramas that keep changing. Mm-hmm. That kind of threw me out because it's just like, okay, he's just going to explain everything you need to know right here. I just – I don't know. I was hoping there would be a better way to do that or it it just kind of pulled me out of it. What would, well, we're what would you suggest? That's what I mean. I don't, I don't know a better way to do it. Just because I think they had to get some sort, you know, all that information out somehow, or it's, and explain his motivations. I just don't think they had the time. Yeah, I mean, you're to talking do it otherwise. Movie. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't. It's not. It's not a four-hour movie. But that's I, I mostly mean, what their vil- like Marvel villains suffer from is they don't give them enough time to to dive into them. Really, they have I, I their think... their set window of a two-hour movie. They have to explain somehow the the bad guy's motivations, yeah. and then they get rid of them by the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like how they did it though. I mean, this this was better. That and the fact that the the whole twist of you know he was the one that gave Peter's mom the brain tumor. That yeah. you know, I was surprised. That was about pretty. That. Yeah, yeah I, that. So I think that kind of like really settled him in as you know a great villain. I love when that reveal happened. Star Lord immediately starts shooting. Immediately, yeah, starts shooting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Even the effects of that shot too, when he's like every time he's hitting him, he's like disintegrating and then like growing yeah. back. Yeah, that was cool. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I, I yeah, I, I like that part. I, I, I liked him as a, as a villain, to be honest with you. I liked, I liked that it was a personal villain. Yes. like having having someone with a personal connection to the main a, a main character helps. Yeah, automatically you you care or empathize a little bit more with that specific villain. Yeah, because some of them are just like you know they're just the bad guy of the week almost, and they just have to stop. You know, someone has to stop them before they carry out their dastardly plan. Well, I think I think the biggest thing too with that was the fact that, um, you know, there was a lot more interaction with 
the main characters. Whereas, like, you know, with Ronan, it was... There was no interaction with the actual Avengers until the very end of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. at least at least you had, like, bits and pieces all the way through. You know, he's, you know, he's trying to win his son over. You know, there's all this stuff that's on his planet. There was there was more to that than to twist it and turn it around and be like, yeah, I killed your mom. Yeah. So I, I think that's what, I think that, for me, that's what made it better, was the fact that there was more interaction. He was more, he yeah. was, he was more of a, a, a I don't want to say a main character, but like a one a one B character, okay. It's, instead of you know a secondary character like most of their villains are. That makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Picking up what I'm laying down. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, because in Guardians One, like Ronan was doing his stuff. Yeah. Over here in Planet A, and the Guardians were doing their stuff over here in Planet B. For most yeah, there was the no interaction until the until very end, the yeah. end of the movie. I mean, it really, it was the very end, like the last ten minutes of the movie. There was actually interaction between the team and him. Um, real quick, since we're sort of on the subject of, of Peter Quill's mom and the reveal of the tumor and all that stuff, Josh, I know really wanted to be on here and he, he couldn't for scheduling purposes. Um, but he did want me to make mention that the, uh, well, I'm trying to read his text as I'm doing it. Uh, the emotional and story plot linchpin for Guardians 2 was not the revelation that Peter Quill's mother was named Martha. <laughs> it's close. Her name is Meredith. It's not Martha. <laughs> but you're actually, you know, they were able to use someone's mom in a sense that does not have it, you know, the crux of the story is not dependent on her name. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good point. I just wanted to give him props for that one. <laughs> um, You think it's easier just to go through the characters? You just want to hit everybody sort of one by one? Might as well. Yeah, we could. All right. Uh, so we covered ego. Let's go for. Let's just go with the team. Uh, start with Star Lord. What do you? How do you think he was in the movie? His story, acting, all that stuff. I don't know. I think Chris Pratt did an excellent job. I just it it, it something about his performance just kind of not his performance. His character irked me. How quickly he was just kind of like ah fuck the Guardians. I'm with ego now. <laughs> Just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I looked, I looked at it this way: is the the dude was picked up as a child, okay, and was raised to be a thief, blah blah blah. So he really never had like, I don't know, maybe it was like maybe he's like still kind of childish in a, in yeah, a way, even I though he, see, he's yeah. he, even though he's with his team and everything like that, he's the leader and everything like that. But I still see there's there's childish. He's like. Ooh, I finally know who my daddy is. Like, I will, I'm going to be, like, I mean, playing catch and stuff like that. He never got to do that stuff. So I kind of, I kind of get it. And the fact that his mom was dead, I, I get that. But, yeah, it was a little, I was a little, I, I get what you're saying, though, Andy. It was, it was like, wow, man, you really turned on your team pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, sort of to Mike's point, they do, early on in the movie, try to really set up, like, he misses, like, not having a dad. He really wants to have a father figure and all this stuff. So when his father figure finally shows up, he's completely open and ready to accept this as his dad. Well, not even that, because he even questions it at first, too, for a little bit. Yeah. When I think Um, once he talked about the spark and he showed him he had the power, blah, 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 that he can basically control control things as long as he was on the planet and stuff like that. I think think that had a a little bit of ego in him, you know? (laughs) Get it? Yep. So, actually, now that we're sort of talking about it, it, it kind of jogged my memory. What, uh, 
can someone explain to me what Ego's plan was? Because I don't even know really what he was trying to accomplish. He was trying to basically put his seed... <laughs> get it? Seed? Because <laughs> it was an actual seed. Yeah, on every planet. And basically, I think with with the power of Peter, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it himself. He needed another celestial, I guess, if they're calling themselves. I got um, that. Yeah. To basically, I guess once once they had enough power, the seed would basically expand, like it showed it, and ego would take over those planets, and they would all become part of him. So, like the universe would be ego. Okay. Planet. Okay. I couldn't tell if he's trying to like wipe out life on all these planets just from growing that seed or, you know... I, well, I think that's what it was, too. I think it was wiping it out to restart it in his own image, basically. Okay. Alright, that makes a little bit he more was, sense. He was playing God, for the most part, but gotcha. instead of okay. for a planet, the universe. <laughs> Alright. Um, that's my understanding. Okay, that was, yeah, that, that, I mean... That was, that's a pretty good explanation. That's, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, that makes more sense to me than what I... Because I was just thinking he's just trying to destroy worlds, and to me that didn't really make sense, and I was a little bit confused by that. Yeah, no, I think he, he was taking him over, basically. Okay. Yeah, he was just trying to assimilate Because that, that's... Yeah, that, that, that spore that he planted was from himself. So right, So by doing okay. that, it, he would gather the planets himself, and they would all become... Yeah, because it just grew into, like, this big blob thing, and I didn't know what the blob thing is supposed to be accomplishing. Yeah, I think eventually it would reshape the planet. Okay, that's that's my my assumption of what I kind of got out of the, the the dioramas. Hey, it's the best explanation I heard, so I'll take it. I was actually Bam. thinking that that blob that was in what the Dairy Queen started in the Dairy Queen in like Los <laughs> yeah. Angeles or whatever might be a good um, connection when it comes to Infinity Wars. The only problem with that is that this movie takes place in a different part of the MCU timeline than you might think. This takes place like three or four it, months after Guardians, Guardians 1, 1, which so is in 2014. Been, yeah, so it would have been linked to it. still would have been 2014, 2015. Oh, okay. So in the MCU timeline, this actually takes place somewhere around Winter Soldier Avengers 2 era. Yeah. Which, you know, could... Confusing could come out as a glaring plot hole that no one in those movies, after this is supposedly happening, is is questioning why there's a big fucking blob thing that popped out of nowhere <laughs> on, a, on our planet somewhere. Yeah. Well, well maybe and, once the destruction of... E- they'll probably play it as once the destruction of Ego happened, it all just went away. It, see, like, there was no the, indication of that, though. I feel like well, if that was the... If they would have shown that, I yeah. would have been like, oh, okay, that's why it wasn't talked about but, ever because it wasn't a thing. It just went away after that. But if it stayed there, a big blob... Maybe well, it'll that's, be that's... in a Guardians Volume 2 extended cut DVD version? <laughs> I mean, my, my thought is is if my peon brain can figure out that as the, their their way out, I'm sure they figured that out as their way out. If they could come up with these movies, I'm sure they could figure that way out. Well, I mean, the only... Because I, like, I, I was trying to think, like, how could they explain that away? And you could argue that, like, around the time of Winter Soldier and Avengers 2, there was just so much other shit going on in the MCU that a big blob growing out of the ground isn't really real big on their radar. Yeah. You figure well, S.H.I.E.L.D. just yeah. fell, yeah. and Ultron showed up. I think I think there's some bigger stuff to tackle. Yeah. But I mean, in my since it is, my thought is, is the way they can spin it, and they probably will, is the fact that they can use the fact that Ego, when Ego was destroyed, he just <laughs> was basically obliterated and disintegrated and everything that was part of him would go with it 
So that would be my thought. Yeah, that's probably the cleanest way to do it. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't show that, and I get it, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's what I mean. That would have tied up that loose end for me if they just flashed back to Earth or other planets and show that blob shrinking or disintegrating or something just to prove that it's gone. Um, Mike, did you chime in on Star-Lord? I like him. I like Star-Lord. Star-Lord's a good dude. He was a little more, he was a little more angry in this one. He was, yeah. Like him and Rocket were like a little more bickery. Yeah. So the, team, the team was getting a little sick of each other. You know, hanging out too long together. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that happens when you're stuck in one ship for a while. Yeah, it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, like, yeah, I agree. I think Chris Pratt did a really great job. He he still continually surprised me with some of the dramatic turns he can take in some of these movies. Like, we know he can crack the jokes, but hitting some of the beats, especially at the end, I think got me pretty good. Yeah, got, there's some feels there, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some feels. <laughs> um, what about, all right, let's go on to, let's just say Gamora. What do we think of Gamora? Gamora was, I mean, Gamora was Gamora. I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, it, it wasn't spectacular, it wasn't bad, it was just, I like how they, like, you know, maybe fleshed out a little bit more of the whole sister-sibling rivalry thing. Yeah, they gave her a little bit more to do in that sense, but I still yeah. feel like they're giving her the short end of the stick. Yeah, I do too. I think like she's it, gonna get better, though. I mean, I thought she was better in this one than the first one. Yeah, she was. Yeah, um, she, I think she had more to she, do in this one as she taps into her feelings more. I think uh, yeah. now she has this like sisterhood feeling with um, Nebula, and now I think she's getting a little bit of the Tingley's for Star Lord. I think maybe she'll be a better character in the future too. Um, yeah. Do you think? Well, because she like, you know, we were saying. I think she she got a little bit more to do with the sister bond. However, between the two of them, Gamora and Nebula, I thought Nebula got more to to do with the sister bond than Gamora did. Like, yeah, I think they that's... did a better job fleshing out Nebula than they did Gamora with the same type of storyline. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, I feel like Gamora was already kind of fleshed out and, like, we're, we're, you know, other than the fact that she just wanted to kill, you know, um, Gamora in the first one, they really never gave any backstory or anything like that to Nebula, and I feel like they gave it a little bit more this time. Yeah. Yeah, so she think, could just I, be I think... due... Yeah, because I think she, I think she's gonna play a major part in, in Infinity Wars. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, if she was going after Thanos solo. I would think that she would definitely yeah. be a big role. And, and I want to say that, there, that I, it's been so long since I've read the Infinity Wars, the Infinity Gauntlet series, that pre, I, I think she has a big part to do with taking down Thanos. I think she's the in one the that comics. that kills him in the comics, right? I, it's been so long; I don't remember. At some point, from what, granted, I'm trying to remember too, because it's been a while, but somehow I think she gets the gauntlet from Thanos and either kills him or fixes everything that he fucks up. So, in the comics, she has a pivotal role. Yeah. Now, they're they're setting her up for that role, Mm -hmm. especially because she leaves basically going down to hunt Thanos down. So, that, that could be where she's headed. Um, Andy sort of mentioned it too. What do you guys think of the the will they won't they with Star Lord and Gamora? 
tired of that kind of crap, or are you kind of rooting for him? I, I honestly, it doesn't really do anything for. Me. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, it adds to the story. It just adds a little bit more feeling to the story. I, well, guess. I mean, like, do, I mean, do, you, do you need a romance subplot when all is said and done in the in this movie with so much other stuff going on? No. Like, does that does that help anything for the movie or flesh anything out for you guys? I think it's just needless. I yeah I I don't I don't think I need it. I think the the, the family aspect of it with the team as being his family is more right. important than than those two possibly hooking up. Although the 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 comedic parts when they were with Mantis was very funny. Yeah yeah yeah. Definitely. I mean that was the only thing that was good. Now that's what that was what made the the romantic part fun. Is basically Drax laughing at them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andy, what do you feel about the romance, the romance subplot? I didn't mind it. Um, is it needless? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing that they're kind of that way in the comics as well. So maybe they're just. Yeah, I don't actually know how they what their relationship is in the comics because I haven't. I don't read it. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I haven't read it either, so it's just a guess. Yeah, but um. No, I didn't. I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was terrible or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like I don't. I don't mind it, but I mean, it, also if it would go away, go away, I wouldn't be upset about it. That's the thing. I feel like you know, for, at least from my angle, for someone that wanted a better job fleshing out ego than just exposition, 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 the time they spent with the will they won't they have Gamora and Starlord, they could have gave that time to ego. And I think made him a better villain for it. That I would have liked to see. The romance thing, I I could care like. It really irritates me that movies have to go by their staples of like, well, we need a romance subplot here. We need this person to do this, and this person's the bad guy. Like, you don't need to have everybody hook up all the time. Just let them be friends and do their mission, and and that's fine too. Sex sells, dude. Well, that's yeah, I get that. <laughs> Which is why they'll probably give her some sort of skimpy outfit to wear at some point. I guess they get yeah they they could do away with the romance and then just give skimpy outfits to all the female characters. I don't know that won't be any better probably, but I'm sure that would be the alternative. Uh, all right, so what do you guys think? Uh, Rocket, how'd Rocket do in this one? I like the Rocket solo battle. Uh, what with all the traps in the woods? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. It did get a little annoying with the bickering though. Yeah. But it all came around in the end. I thought uh, he grew as a character. See, I think the only thing with him is, like, I like I like Rocket. I like the character. I like the stuff they gave him to do. But since his arc sort of mirrored Yondu's a little bit, and they tried to to make it seem like they're almost, you know, they have the same personality a little bit. Mm-hmm. Rocket's story was overshadowed by Yondu's. I basically forgot what Rocket was doing or or what was wrong with him because Yondu stood out to me by the end. True. So, not that they, you know, what they did with him was bad. It was just, I think, largely forgettable when the overall story, like, like you know, when I think about the overall story. Uh, they uh, they hugged and made up at the end anyway. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, you had to figure they were going to. Yeah. I don't think there was any... You know, you don't expect any lasting consequences for the for the core team. Yeah. In this one, um, I will say someone I think that got the short end of the stick and really had nothing to do was Drax. 
I think suddenly he just became a joke machine, and that was that was it. Yeah. He wasn't avenging yeah. his family. He wasn't doing anything. He was just cracking jokes, and that was it. Well, he did have that kind of heartfelt moment on the steps of Manus. One. Which, again, that was one little moment that doesn't do anything for, like, an arc. You just get one moment of him feeling sad. I don't know. It just felt short-changed to me for him. Yeah, but a lot of his jokes were really fucking funny, though. I'm <laughs> not saying he wasn't hilarious. He had some of the best fucking lines in the movie. Yeah. But You're pretty. but for someone that went from part one and like trying to avenge his family and still being able to crack some jokes it was just joke after joke after joke yeah well you know what i mean i think that's i think that you know the studios see that oh okay people like that in the first one his his couple quippy quippy lines that he had first one well as every movie let's overdo it because that's what people liked yeah so. And I, I, you know, there are people coming out of this movie saying Drax is their favorite. Yeah. So mission accomplished that way. Yeah. And I mean, he could have suffered too just from introducing new characters, you know, between Ego and Mantis and stuff like that. It's, somebody has to lose screen time, which I guess yeah. Drax just sort of suffered from that. Yeah. Um. Who else we got? Oh, the main team. Last one is uh, Baby Groot. What do we think of Baby Groot? Because I fucking love Baby Groot. <laughs> I love Baby Groot, too. If I, you want don't, little, I want a little Baby Groot. Yeah, if you don't walk out of this movie thinking he is the most adorable fucking thing ever, like, there's there's something wrong with you. That that o- whole opening sequence of, like, him dancing around with the fight happening in the background is fantastic. I, that Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, my God, I loved it so much. Uh, Andy, what did you think? I like Baby Groot. That was it. Just, just to like Baby Groot. I mean, short, sweet, short, sweet. That's how. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had his comedic timing and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> the, I, I kind of thought it was true when Drax was trying to jump onto the starship. He said, "Get out of the way, slower, dumber, Groot." <laughs> 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 he kind of hit the nail on the head, even though it was funny. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. The whole, even the whole scene of like when Yondu and Rocket are. Uh, prison, and they're trying to get Baby Groot to grab the fin. Yeah, he yeah. just keeps coming back with random shit like a desk. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> did, did you see the meme? It was it, it was go get me my fin, and he came back with a a fin from Star Wars oh. toy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. That's fantastic. <laughs> that would have been awesome if they put that in the movie. It's all not Disney, man. They can. <laughs> They couldn't even, you know, maybe they, like, you don't even have to get John Boyega, just get something that says FN2187. Yeah. That would have been great. Uh, Alright, uh, who else we got? Yondu. Well, what do we think? What did you guys think about teenage group? Oh, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> adolescent group. I think the only reason that's in there is so that when Infinity War comes around, we get adult group. Yeah, I totally agree. Because if this is technically still taking place in 2014, as far as the MCU timeline is concerned, there's four years for teenage Groot to grow into adult Groot when Infinity War happens. Yeah. But yeah, that was a fun, fun little scene at the end. Just to you know, just acting like any normal teenager, just playing the video games, <laughs> not cleaning the room, getting yelled at by dad. We've all been there. 
Yep. Because now he's not cool. Cause now, and then, you know, Peter says, now I know it, you know, we all do felt like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Uh, all right, yeah. Speaking of Yondu, what do we think of Yondu for this movie? Oh, major feels, man. Major feels. Yeah. Sacrifice is awesome. Yeah, after coming into this movie thinking like I I wasn't really sure how I cared about him, especially after like the first one. Like he was okay, but he was more of a villain in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm surprised how much they turned it around for me. By the end of this one, I was like actually really missing Yondu and surprised that they killed him and. Wishing that he'd come back in a later movie. Yeah, yeah, and especially because like how he even got like, you know, like when they were at the the Ravager party planet or whatever, and and Stakar kind of gave him, you know, you know, kind of put him down and like made him feel bad and everything like that. You kind of got the feels right there for him too. Like, yeah, man, he he knows he fucked up and he can't get any, he can't get it back. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what'd you think? Uh, I agree with you guys. I think they did an excellent job with Yondu. Um, I think at the end he definitely proved that he was Star-Lord's daddy. He wasn't his <laughs> father, but he was his daddy. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, that w- like Mike did in the intro, that one line for the Mary Poppins, y'all, is just... <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that one. That was an awesome fucking joke. That was good. And I'm actually glad, because I was curious when all the promotional stuff and even some of the trailers started coming out with him having his actual, like, fin fin on his head instead of just that, that metal plate that he had in the first movie. Yeah. And I was wondering if what if they were actually going to explain what the design change was. So I'm actually glad there was an in-movie explanation to why his fin changed Yeah, to look more like the comics. I, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, because that's, that's original Yon, dude. Yeah. With the, with the fin. Well, he had like a, it was like a mohawk or something, basically, right? In the comics? Yeah. yeah. So they just gave him that big metal fin to emulate the mohawk. Uh, I, I don't know what that was. I, th- I, I can't remember. I, don't, I didn't know much about Yondu in the comics. I just knew that he was an original member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't, okay. I don't know the backstory of his fin on his head. Right, okay. Be- because he is Kree. Right. And they don't typically but, have fins on their head. Yeah, so I mean, it had to be an implant or something. Or was, didn't they say he was like a, a he was like a, a sl- like a slave? Um, His dad sold him into slave labor, gladiator or something like that originally. So I could see like it may be like a twist on a gal- gladiator costume, mm-hmm. armor and stuff like that. Because even even like if you look at old school Yondu, like from the comic books, like his outfit even kind of has that look of a gladiator feel to it. Yeah, you're right. I'm actually look, trying to look up pictures now, and it does look more like a fin and not hair. Like I yeah, was thinking. I know it's not hair. Yeah, I know it's not hair. I think I was thinking of actual gladiator because like gladiator in the comics has a like a mohawk, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure on his helmet. On the helmet. No, like the the character gladiator in Marvel. <laughs> I was thinking the movie with Russell Crowe. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking thinking the gladiator. Uh, character from Marvel. He has yeah, a mohawk. He has That's mohawk. sort of what yes. I'm thinking of for Yondu. But yeah, I yeah. think I was getting them confused. Yeah, I I would actually dare to say I think Yondu had the best arc in the movie. Definitely. I think his his story was better than Peter's. I think he stood out. Like the, he's the one I feel like I come out of the movie talking about is Yondu, which I wouldn't have expected going into this movie. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, his his story, his character, all that stuff definitely caught me by surprise. For the better. I I came out really really liking that. Mm-hmm. Even the whole like like the Viking funeral thing that they did at the end. That whole sequence was fucking cool. Oh yeah, yeah that was really was. awesome. Right, so we sort of talked about her a little bit, but what about uh, Nebula? She got a little bit more screen time this time, or at least fleshed out some backstory. I yeah, liked her. I mean, yeah. Introduced her a little bit more, gave her a reason for wanting to kill Gamora, and at least now we understand it instead of other than just the fact that she just wanted to kill Gamora. Yeah, yeah. I kind of went from not really caring much about her and, like, why didn't she die kind of feel to... I kind of really want to see her in Infinity Wars. So. Yeah. yeah. And I think she brought a lot of attitude to the role. Whatever actress that is, I don't really know who that is. Um, Karen Karen Gillan. Yeah. Um, I thought she did an excellent job bringing attitude to Nebula. Yeah, like I said, I think she stood out a little bit more to me than Gamora. I still feel like Gamora sort of got shorted a little bit, but I like that they finally did start to flesh out Nebula. I think that that helps, especially if they're setting her up to have a a decent role for Infinity War. I think you need that for her. So I guess we'll have to see if that pays off come come Infinity War. Uh, Anybody else to talk about? Mantis, even though she didn't really have too much to do either? I mean, she... The, the com- for the comedic parts, she was like the comedic filler. Yeah. Do we think she's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy now? I think so. That's a good question. I don't know. I was. I guess guessing, you... I was guessing yes. Especially with Drax, like you're beautiful on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I guess work is. I guess she doesn't really have another place to go, right? And I don't see them as the type to just drop her on her planet and leave. Right, because she was basically Ego's pet. So yeah, yeah. I'm a, I don't really want to look up IMDb and see if she's confirmed in the cast or anything like that, but that could be a way to check. Uh, I think that's pretty much the main players. Anybody else stuck out to you that you guys want to talk about? What did you guys think of, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, Yondu's first mate? Uh, Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he got a little bit more to do, I guess, in this one too, huh? He did. Yeah. And he ended up with the pin. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, what about Stallone? Oh, true, yeah. Stakar Ogord. Yeah, what Stalhoff. do you Yeah, what do you do you want to give some backstory on him cuz I don't know if I know too much about him. Star he he's the original leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So that was like the first iteration of the team. Yes, the original Guardians of the Galaxy were created in like 1969 or something like that, 1970. It was him. Actually, basically like at the very end, the the, the one uh, added trailer at the end, the bonus scene or whatever, where it was him and he's like, let's go steal some shit. At yeah. the end. That the, was the... Um, that was the that was the, That's the original team minus Yondu. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, because I looked up the, the character names for that scene because I wasn't sure who they were. So you have yeah, Stakar Ogard. Starhawk, yeah. Uh, Charlie 27. Yep, that was the big dude. That was... Um, Ving Rhames. Uh, Ving Rhames. No, yeah, Ving Rhames, yeah. Uh, you have a female Starhawk. Yeah, that's his wife. 
Uh, does she have a name other than female Starhawk? Because that was uh, all I saw. Alita? No. Alina? Elena? Alina? Something like that, maybe? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're, I have no idea. Something, she's, it's something like that. Okay. Martinex is the, the diamond-looking guy. Uh, I don't have that name. Some, I have Krugar and Mainframe are the other two. Mainframe was the one that was a voice sometime. I, I missed that totally, and that was supposed to be Miley Cyrus's character. She was somebody. Mainframe. She voiced Mainframe. <laughs> and I don't remember hearing Mainframe, so I don't know when the hell that happened. But Martinex was the, the diamond-looking guy. Which, that was, that was that supposedly was, Michael Rosenbaum. Yes. But Martinex, was, he was maybe like a secondary team member, I think. In Guardian, in the original Guardians of the Galaxy, but he was like an original member of Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And Yondu was too, of course. Yeah, I mean, Stallone didn't get a lot of screen time, but I feel like he had a presence that I'd I'd like to see that character do more stuff. Yeah, well, I'm thinking I, I we was, might. I'm thinking we might see the team do more stuff. I was I actually might be. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for a spinoff there. What do you think? We'll get more of them in like Guardians Three. Because I don't yeah. think they'll show up in Infinity War, so I think it's got to be a Guardian sequel if we see them at all. What or or do you think we'll get a, a just a Reavers like a Reavers standalone? See, I don't. Well, because they're oh, I guess they are part of the Ravagers. Ravagers yeah. is it Ravagers or Reavers? Yeah, Ravagers. Okay, Reavers sorry. is um, Serenity and oh, Firefly. Sorry, my bad. Ravagers, yeah, a Ravagers. Ra- I mean, they're, they're, he's well, Stakar or Ogor is the. In the movies, the head of the Ravagers. Yeah, because they can't like, even though they were the OG Guardians of the Galaxy, you can't call them the Guardians of the Galaxy because it kind of negates the fact of the Guardians of the Galaxy team that we have now. Yes, that will just be kind of confusing. Two teams of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yeah, so now you'll have like the because the, they were like the the way that they portrayed them was like they were like the ravager faction leaders basically like if there was like groups of ravagers like they were like the the leaders that joined the clans basically they're like the clan leaders my question though is if they're gonna have someone with the stature as as sylvester stallone take on this role um why would they do that if they weren't planning on doing something with him in the future just to say Sylvester Stallone was in a Marvel movie? That's, pretty enough, that's a good enough reason for me. I mean, I guess, <laughs> but... I mean, it's the same reason you're getting like high-profile actors, I feel like, in Thor 3 with probably a one-off role that they're not ever going to do again. Like, I don't expect Jeff Goldblum to show up in another Marvel movie. He's the grandmaster, though, so he, that, that, might, that might happen. I don't know, I see that as a one-off character. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Still, I'd like to see a, a Ravagers. Uh, no, I'm with off. you. Yeah, I think yeah. I think actually having those characters do something I think would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Even if they just show up in Infinity Wars, or even Guardians Three, just give them a bigger bigger role. Oh, there you yeah, go. I think it's I think it's more likely in Guardians Three. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like what they should. Well, I feel like what they should do now is just do some sort of storyline that involves our Guardians of the Galaxy. The OG Guardians of the Galaxy having to team up and fight Take something. On Adam Warlock. Oh, or, yeah, or that. Probably yeah. what'll happen, yeah. Done. We'll just wrote the movie for them. <laughs> well, well, I did read, though, that, that Adam Warlock will not be in Infinity War. 
Which, that kind of confuses me, too, because he's supposed to be a linchpin in the Infinity War story, too, isn't uh, he? Yes. He's basically one of the only ones that can rival Thanos in power. So, yeah, I don't know why they introduce him to seemingly set him up for Infinity War and then not use him in Infinity War. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, um, what's-his-face, the head of Marvel, there was an article, Feige. I thought I read an article, Feige, yeah, yeah, they, they, uh, he said he will not be in Infinity Wars, he, but it, there's possibility for, and I think that's going to be Guardians 3, to be honest with you. I was kind of hoping for maybe like a Ravagers versus Guardians in some sort of heist type movie. Well, hang on. Hang on, wait a minute. Isn't the Infinity Wars, aren't they breaking that up into two movies, though? Yeah. That's still happening? Yeah. It's like you got Avengers, the first one will be basically Avengers 3. Which is subtitled Infinity War. So then we'll probably get... Avengers 4 would be the following year. So that would be 2019. So would you maybe get Adam Warlock in Avengers 4 and not Avengers 3? Yeah. That, That would be my thought. The only problem is that I I don't know if well no I was gonna say they if they want to set him up in Guardians Guardians three is not going to happen before Avengers four. But if they just want to go straight from that end credit scene to being in a mainstream Avengers movie, I guess they could do that if they wanted. Yeah. I mean they're gonna have to set. The only problem is he's gonna need setup. Like we don't know. People that aren't familiar with the comics have no idea who Adam Warlock is. Yeah. So if he just shows up in an Avengers movie and starts wrecking shit. It's not people aren't gonna understand. You have to flesh him out or give him a backstory or something to let people know who and what he is. Yeah, that's why I don't think he'll be in any of the Avengers movies. I think he'll be strictly Guardians three. Yeah, because I think there's probably enough going on in the Avengers movie to dedicate screen time to a brand new character from the Guardian. Yeah, I think that'd be too much. Yeah, because I mean, I don't, I don't even think they're even. There's not even talk of even introducing Miss Miss Marvel. That's what Josh Captain and I were trying Marvel. to talk about the other day, or last week. I, th- I thought I heard that, too, that they're not even going to introduce her in that. Because, yeah, I they're think he looked at IMDb. They're not going to Infinity Wars? No. Well, her movie, her movie takes place credit. Her movie takes place between 3 and 4. Between Infinity War and whatever Avengers 4 is going to be. So um, now, I think Josh said he looked at IMDb, and IMDb has her credited for somewhere in Avengers 3, Infinity War. She'd probably be a post-credit scene. So, yeah, we don't know how much she could be in it. She could show up right at the end. I really, my sort of theory was that they introduce her maybe at the end of Infinity War and just she is Captain Marvel. And then when we get to her solo movie, maybe we see that same scene again of her showing up in Infinity War and then you see, like, back, two years back. earlier. Yeah. And then you you get the whole backstory and then it sort of bookends the movie of, like, present-day Infinity War stuff. And then by the time Avengers Four rolls around, she is you're you're on board. She's full blown Captain Marvel, and you you know everything you know need to know about her. Yeah, well, because that here's my thought too is I, I highly doubt that they've pitched Thanos this much in all these movies for him to be in one movie. Oh yeah, I just I just don't see it. I just I don't see it at all. Well, the other thing too is if they only if they use him for one movie, if Avengers Infinity War is it for Thanos, what the fuck are they doing for Avengers Four? Like, the logical... Because it was originally titled Infinity War Part 1 and 2, so we assumed yeah. that, you know, it's a it's a two-act story, is that something happens at the end of Part 1, and they still have to finish and fight him in Part 2. What if... Okay, so let's say if they're not going to call it Infinity Wars Part 1 and Part 2, there's going to probably be Infinity Wars, and then it may be Infinity Gauntlet. Maybe. Like, it's like the, the Wars is going to be, like, basically 
collecting all the stones, like the fight to get the stones, and then they have to fight him when he gets them all. And then yeah, and then the second movie would be him actually having all the stones in the gauntlet. That's my there, the only thing I I think it was somewhere I seen the headlines. I didn't click the articles, but. Zoe Saldana supposedly may have let slip the name of of Avengers 4 in interviews for Guardians. I did see that, but I didn't read it. And, I did, again, I didn't read the article. I saw some sort of key art picture that probably could have been fake, or maybe someone was just running with it from the, maybe what she leaked in an interview, but I had seen Avengers Secret War floating around. So I don't know if that could be the subtitle for Part 4, or for Avengers 4. But they're they're coming out still. They're still coming out a year apart from each other, right? Yeah. I just, I just don't. I don't see how that's possible. I mean, Secret War could be a scenario that Thanos creates with the Gauntlet. This is true. If they if they want to go that route, oh, man, and if you're going to get one shot at Secret War with the cast that you have now, that would be the time to do it. Oh, just tell me we're going to get Tom Holland in the black symbiote suit. Oh God, yes. <laughs> well, that. See, that raises bigger questions, because if Sony is moving forward on a Venom spinoff movie, will Marvel together. be even able to use the symbiote suit in something? This is why I fucking hate that Sony shit. Alright, we gotta get back on topic, though, Guardians. Because <laughs> we could be here for hours doing this. We're, 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 we're dwindling down on time. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back to uh, all the Avengers talk once we get uh, closer to that that time frame. Um... I even forgot where we left off. If we were what we were talking about specifically, that got us in there. Uh, oh, the original OG Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're thinking logical places of uh, Guardians Three. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Yeah. yeah if I'm they hoping... give them, if they give them something else, well, I mean, maybe we'll see how how maybe X Force does if that comes out before then. I don't know what the plan is for X Force. Yeah. Okay. With Deadpool, I mean, I know it's not MCU, but maybe we'll see if we can maybe if they'll do like a more grittier, you know, darker team kind of thing in MCU. I don't think they will, but you never know. Owned by Disney, you'll never get a rated R. I'm not saying it has to be rated R, but I'm just saying maybe... Because you know how, like, most most of these MCU movies are fairly lighthearted and maybe maybe just get a little bit more on the edgier side with, with the original, the OGs. Yeah, I could see that. And the Ravagers, I mean, they're not exactly uh, law-abiding citizens. True. So. Yeah, I just feel like Marvel has a formula that's working for them, and I don't really see them changing it. I don't either, but it'd be nice. it's nice to hope and dream. Yeah. I hope and dream for Spider-Man to be in the MCU. And look, it sort of came true. <laughs> sort of. That's the key word, sort of. Uh, Alright, so what are you sort of talking about the Ravagers? What do you guys think of the uh, the mutiny subplot? Fucking taser face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That whole part with with uh what's his, with um, Rocket was freaking priceless. Because <laughs> like you just see the crowd just like changing with like starting to side with the Rocket. It's, yeah, it's just, just awesome. I mean, I guess that that whole thing was sort of needed for Yondu's arc. Yeah, and there was a there the whole fight sequence of them breaking out of prison and trying to regain control of the ship and killing everybody was really fucking cool. That was cool. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Up until then, I don't know if I really cared for the whole mutiny thing. Like it served a purpose, but to me, it just felt like it was taking time away from something else I'd rather see. I kind of liked it. I don't know, Andy. How do you feel? 
I didn't. I didn't feel like it was taking away anything. I mean, it wasn't my. It's, I liked it. It wasn't the favorite parts of my of the movie though. For me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just felt like that was the time I was maybe checking my watch. Like, all right, what's going on? Um, we sort of mentioned them, but what did you guys think of the the sovereigns, all the gold people? Oh, I thought they were really cool. Yeah, I like the whole uh, the, the video video game sound slash vibe that you got oh, yeah. in their in their uh, pods. <laughs> <laughs> the shit they gave that one dude for being the last one alive and not <laughs> yeah. being able to take him out. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> I was surprised um, that the high priestess herself was piloting one of those at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. She must have thought she could she could take him. Yeah, she was the high after priestess. after everybody else failed. She's the shit. Um, were there any Easter eggs you guys picked out that you want to talk about? How the duck again? How the duck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was curious if they'd use him at all because I thought I. I thought I'd seen a headline where, like, somebody had said prior to the movie, you haven't seen the last of Howard the Duck, so we got a little bit of him here. Yeah. I wonder if we'll actually get, like, a Howard the Duck spinoff movie or something at some point. I thought... Or at least put him, like, like buddy him with somebody. Like, just have him cross paths with the Guardians and go on a mission with them or something, just because you can. I thought before the movie, didn't Kevin Feige come out and say that Stan Lee was a watcher the whole time? Uh, I think there was, I, I'd seen, or was that a theory? I I know it was, I a, it was theory. a theory. It was definitely a fan theory for a while, which I guess this movie basically confirms. Well, which, I, I, I want to know how the hell they got to watch it when I thought that was a Fantastic Four property. Uh, that I actually, I read something about that for Kevin Feige said that, um, since technically, I guess the watchers, they thought f- fell under Fantastic Four license, which would be with Fox. So Feige sort of elaborated and said there's certain things that the two studios can share, and it's more or less like Fox may own the rights to specific characters, but Marvel can use the species of characters. Meaning, the Watcher that everyone knows from the comics is Uatu. That specific character might be with Fantastic Four, but the Watchers themselves can still be used in Marvel. So the Watchers that you see in this movie, they're probably not Uatu. They're probably just other other watchers. But didn't this kind of confirm that Stanley was not a watcher? Uh, it depends, I guess, how you... The way I was seeing theories online talk about it was that he's... Stanley is up there talking to the watchers, telling them stories, and they're basically, like, sort of using him as a representative to see all these stories, or... Yeah, but or he's not... have a, someone out there look like him to... I don't know what their power not, set is. Yeah, he's not part of the society of watching or whatever they... No, it's not specifically like Stan Lee that's out there. They're just making someone look like him, or a watcher is looking like him, or or somehow sending their power out there to have a guy look like Stan Lee be there at that specific time. It's how they can watch without actually being there, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, they're sort of like seeing through him, maybe, is a better way to describe it. But... You know the the internet theory is basically that's how he can how Stan Lee, that person can show up in any Marvel movie, Fox, Sony, Marvel, because the Watchers see all. Yes. And he's Stan fucking Lee. He can do whatever he wants. 
Yeah, I love that they just kind of like leave him up there, and he's like, "I got more stories." <laughs> uh, anything else? Because I think that was the big one for me was the the Watcher thing. I granted, I've only the, seen the movie once, so I'd probably I oh, need to see it again at least. I, I was the Hoff. The Hoff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Hoff. <laughs> I was Andy, really surprised that we did not um, even hear a mention. Oh, well, I guess they did mention Infinity Stone once, but I mean, that was it. They just mentioned the fact that Star Lord held an Infinity Stone in his hand. That was it. I was yeah. pretty, I was pretty shocked by that. Well, I guess that there was the field, right? The third one, gotta, or the the the, the last, last one, the sixth gotta, one, got to come in Ragnarok, right? Yeah, yeah, that would be my guess. It's the only place that makes sense. It's got to be Hellas having it if she can destroy Mjolnir and take over Asgard, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah, like I don't know if she's powered by an Infinity Stone or if she's just that powerful to begin with. Leveling Asgard might be an Infinity Stone. Stopping Mjolnir could just be her. I don't know. But the only the only stone that's left is the Soul Stone. So I don't know how the like that designation that. fit with Thor. Like, what would they use the specifically the Soul Stone for? Well, wait a minute. Isn't, isn't Black Panther before that? No. We uh, haven't even no. seen the preview for Black Panther. We've been seeing previews for Ragnarok. No, no, no. I'm talking about Black Panthers before Infinity Wars. Right. Oh. That's like March or... Oh, Josh guess... just re- reminded me what date it was. It's February or March, and I can't remember well, which one if now. Any, if any place should have a Soul Stone, I would think it would be... Fondue. Yeah. Well... The only thing with that is that that would put a fourth stone on Earth. Like, the whole point is to separate these damn things, and they keep showing up on Earth? Like, to me, that, that screams it's got to be somewhere else. How is how's that four on Earth? I mean, they made it to Earth. They didn't. You they had the cube there. That was it. They had the, the scepter was still there after, but after Avengers. But that was brought there. Right, but it was still there for a while, so that's but two. Still, but the time stone, there. we don't know how long the time stone's been there. Doctor Strange. Strange. Oh, that's right. But that, that's that's portal dropping, so that that could be brought still there. Still centered too. on it Earth. Is, it does okay. Could still be brought there. Um, what else was there? I mean, I guess the Mind Stone's there now. Or no, I said that. That was the scepter. That was the scepter. What the hell was I thinking? Oh, you know what? E- no, ether. never mind. I'm the thinking ether the ether was... is from Earth, but she teleported somewhere to grab the ether. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was in. Um... Was it that in? It was in Asgard, wasn't it? Well, the the fourth stone would be the Soul Stone if it is in fact in Wakanda. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's there's too many hovering around Earth that it doesn't make sense to me to put another one there. I feel like it makes sense to just have it somewhere else in the galaxy. Well, okay. If um if Hellas plays like the Satan of the uh, Norse mythology or whatever, uh, mean, maybe she, that's how she takes souls. Yeah. Bam. Oh, okay. Kapow. Just that is probably the best way it makes sense to me right now. Kapow. <laughs> Ida Bell oh, Wham! She said, <laughs> she, she nodded her head, yes. Andy's dropping some knowledge. <laughs> yes. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find out in November if you're right. Huh? We'll find out in November if you're right. November? Yeah. Ragnarok, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what's the significance of November? Yeah, I'm like, why? Why are you spending July? Okay, oh, yeah, all right. Thanksgiving, June. Cool guys. 
um, I don't know if I have anything else. Oh, I guess. What do you get? Do you, did you like this one better or the first one better? I still prefer the first one. Mike, I don't know. It's so tough. <laughs> you know, because I think it's just because it's so fresh in my head, like it's new to me. Yeah. So I think that that sways my judgment. I I, I would say the, the soundtrack from one was absolutely better. Yeah, so, the soundtrack was the great. The, the soundtrack, soundtrack was good. Was better in one, yeah. Yeah, the soundtrack was good in this, but the soundtrack from one was even better. Yeah. But there was more comedy. May I think more action? That's, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say because it's, it's. I think it's because it's so fresh. That's. What, I was talking to one dude at work today about it, and I was like, I told him I was like, I feel like every time I see a new Marvel Marvel movie, it becomes my favorite Marvel, movie. <laughs> and and I think that's just because it's so new to me, and it's been you know, probably a month or so since I've watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So. I, I mean, if. If one is better than the other, it's it's barely better than the other. It's not a large margin, though. No, yeah. it's like a one, it's like a one A one B kind of deal to, for me. I wouldn't say I don't wouldn't say that, it, that either of them are better than each. I think they each have their own merits that makes them better than each other. He took the diplomatic answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Mike. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of with Mike. I think I think. Just because Volume Two is is kind of new and fresh right now, that one's sticking out to me more. So I'm gravitating towards saying t- I liked Two better. But again, I've only seen it once. I have to see it again. I'm hoping to go this weekend. Um, I still and just think it's, sort of digest it a little bit more and try to get a final ruling. I, I think the, the the fact that there's better villain play, I guess, like inter you know interconnection between the main cast. I feel like that makes it better for me. Yeah, because comparing Ego really, to Ronan, Ego's better. Yeah, because they really fucked up on Ronan. They really could have made Ronan like totally badass and made a great character out of him, but they didn't. I mean, he was a good character, but he was fairly forgettable. Yeah, if you think about it, uh, Ego, you, I, I, I won't be able to forget Ego because I, I mean, a he was played by Kurt Russell, and that's kind of huge. That kind of doesn't hurt. Kurt Russell yeah. just seemed like he was having tons of fun. Oh, yeah, it looked yeah. like he was having a blast. Well, I mean, really, what has he done in a while? True. <laughs> I mean, true, to get I put guess. in To get put in a... a, a, a especially being in an in a epic blockbuster like that. Yeah. You know, when was the last time he was in something like that? Yeah, he just looked like he was having a ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what did you guys know. think of the, the CG at the beginning? I heard, that's not, I heard that's not CG. I heard that was makeup. Bullshit, that's makeup. I my buddy told me he read an article that said that was all done makeup and they, it was like a behind the scenes thing and they showed it. I could I could see it being like makeup assisted. I I, I cannot believe that that is entirely makeup and no it, CG help at all. It was said that that's that's what I was told. I I don't know where he found that article. I have to ask him. But huh? Yeah, let's check some either sources. Way, I don't buy he, it. They looked like a younger Russell. So I mean, whatever they did, they nailed it. Yeah. I just don't buy that it's not computer assisted in some well, way. Let's put it this way: Out of the but two it, movies that they've used older actors and had to make them young, we're going to talk Tron Legacy and Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Whatever they did with Kurt Russell in this one was way better. Granted, technology has advanced since. I was going to say it was also like ten years ago. 
Pokemon Legacy was like 2014, dude. That was definitely not three years ago. That shit was three or four years ago. 2009? 2009, maybe? Right now. Yeah, All right, what are, what are the final guesses? What are the final guesses? I'm going to say 2011. Maybe Andy? 2010 at the latest. 2009. Mike, what was your second guess? I'm going to say it's like 2010 or 2011. All right, you, you got it with 2010. Okay. So it was seven years ago. You know the only reason why I know that? It was because the motorcycle that he rode in that, that Ducati at the very beginning, that black one. Mm-hmm. I wanted that fucker so bad. And I remember when I was looking for Ducatis back in 2011 that they only made that in 2009. That's why. <laughs> it's a really oddball way to get there. Yeah, it was roundabout way. <laughs> you don't you don't call me the derailleur for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, so you've been gone so with, long. I missed all this stuff. What they did with Jeff yeah. Bridges in that movie was uh, totally CGI. straight up CG. Yeah. yeah, that was basically a first attempt. Like up until then, I don't think I'd seen any try to like de-age someone in the computer no. before. And at okay, the time, let's, right, it looked let's really go good. Even, yeah. Okay, then we'll, we'll go even we'll go even closer. Rogue One. I still think he looked better than what they did with Princess Leia and Tarkin. Yeah, I will agree. So, so there you go. I, I thought Tarkin looked pretty Tarkin. good. Tarkin looked good, but he still looked fake. Kurt Russell did you, not look you fake could at still all. Tell that he was. Uh, see, he I was couldn't. I have, to, I have to watch again, but I don't think I, I I couldn't tell that. No, you could tell that Tarkin was. Computer generated, yes. Oh yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I whatever they did with, with maybe, I mean, you could do a lot with makeup and the certain and the right amount of lighting and the right types and of like lighting paint, and stuff and, and, and paint. Yeah, basically. So I think maybe that's, it was had, all practical. Yeah, because you know they they paint bathing suits on naked chicks and you can't really tell that it's. I mean, maybe they just painted his face on. And, I mean, because it's still the same facial structure. It hasn't changed. It's just older. Right, I'm just thinking more like it. It, I don't know. I feel like it's harder to hide the wrinkles and just aging of someone's skin that way. Well, they could have probably maybe CG'd out the wrinkles and stuff like that, but like made them disappear. Because I think that but, I think that's the difference with Tarkin is Tarkin is made to look old, so they need all those wrinkles and details and all that stuff in there. And plus, I feel like the camera was probably closer up on his face, mm-hmm. so it stood out a little bit more. Um, I don't remember the camera really being close up in Kurt Russell's face to really kind of get into the details of it. And plus, like. That whole flashback sequence is made to be like brighter and smoother and almost a little bit more blurry. I, right. I don't know. Yeah. Like fuzzy because it's like a flashback. Yeah. Which helps you hide a lot of those imperfections that way under that. But okay, I do here. agree. I do think he did look the best out of any other CG or, you know, de aging we've seen before. Here's an article I found a Games Radar. De aged actor in Guardians of the Galaxy. Was 90% makeup, not CGI. Here's how they did it 90% makeup, 10% CGI. So it's still CGI assisted. No, it says not CGI. So what was the other 10% then if it's I 90% makeup? Beats the hell out of me. Lighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait, I'm reading nothing further. Plus, I don't know if I'd believe it from a freaking gaming website. A young, e- young, a young ego played by Kurt Russell from 1980 was only CGI. Wait what? Wait what? They get the, the other ten percent. It was I guess they took some like they must have taken like some video and I guess like from nineteen eighty and like overlaid it. I get I I tell him reading this. Oh, you have like to watch a movie the, he was in in nineteen eighty or something. Yeah, you'll have to read the video here. I'll, I'll send it to him. 
yeah, we'll see if we can verify some sources on this one. I don't know if I, how well of like the a video game website reporting on a movie. I don't know how I feel about that, but we'll uh, we'll check that out. If it's if it seems good enough, maybe I'll post it on the Facebook page after this is up. So if people want to check out and verify sources with us, you can do that. Uh, anything else that we want to touch on? Oh, do we want to touch on just some of the? I mean, we've talked about them sort of in passing, and probably enough, but just. There were five post-credit scenes. Are there any that we missed that we want to talk about? Uh, we talked about the Adam Warlock. We talked about Adolescent Groot. Adolescent Groot. Yeah. We talked Stanley about and Stanley and the Watchers. We covered. Uh, the OG Guardians are there. Oh, the only other one we was um, no, we did talk about him getting the the pin. Yeah. yeah. And practicing with the arrow and stabbing Drax. Yeah, yeah. that was hilarious. <laughs> Run, running away. Yeah. Do you do? Is he a guardian now? That was sort of going to be my question. I don't know. I don't. I think he's probably going to be. A, I think he'll be like a, a guardian psychic. Just head of the Ravagers. Yeah, I think he's going to be head of a Ravager faction. I think he'll take over the rest of the guys that were killed. Maybe. I don't know. Then maybe he'll just take over with one of the other groups. Or get, maybe he will be a Ravager. I mean a Guardian. I, I think kinda, it's more likely he's somewhere in the Ravager hierarchy and not a Guardian. Yeah, I would be more likely. I'm going to I'm gonna take the uh, other position on that one. You think he's going to be Guardian? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's yeah, related yeah. to the director, right? Yes. Brothers? Oh, is he? Are they brothers? Yes. Yes. Oh uh, well, there you go. He's in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's you know that helped probably. That's why he got a, a role in the movie. Doesn't mean he's going to get a main role in the movie. True. He actually, Sean Gunn actually does the motion capture for Rocket too. Really? Really? Yeah. He <laughs> is on set in the green suit, motion capturing for Rocket. I'm surprised they don't have Bradley all- Cooper doing that. He does all the lines of dialogue when they shoot it, and when he's in the green suit, and then they just dub Bradley Cooper over him. So he's probably the most overworked person on this movie. Yeah, Bradley Cooper's above that. Yeah, <laughs> beyond that. Uh, so anything else you guys want to touch on? Other than that, we could sort of maybe end with like some sort of a rating. Um, what? How did it do box office first weekend? Ooh, I gotta check some numbers. It was big. It was big. I know. I thought I saw like did it almost five hundred million. Didn't Fast and the Furious <clears throat> eight or whatever like destroy everything? I think it did, but I I want to say that like worldwide, I thought I saw something like close to five hundred million. I thought I saw that article. Uh, you mean Guardians or yeah, Guardians? Let me see if I can find. Opening weekend, Guardians made 146.5 million domestic. It's pretty solid. That's yeah, that's a very good opening. Um, right now, worldwide, it just passed 500 million. Okay, maybe that's what I read then. So it's not even in its second weekend. That's real solid. Is this going to be the best um, uh, theater showing for a Marvel movie yet? I don't know about that because, like, the first Avengers still holds a lot of records. Yeah. So I don't think this was enough to break the Avengers records. Then Civil Civil War did pretty good too, didn't it? Civil War, I think, did good too, but I still don't think it cracked the Avengers numbers. 
Like Avengers was breaking all kinds of records. That first weekend it was out, the first week it was out, like yeah, pretty much every day it was out. It was breaking a record for domestic gross in a day. That movie, or like was, for that day, the movie was very badass. So it's understandable. Yeah. And I mean, like the only r- movie coming up, Marvel wise, that I think could break that is Infinity War. I think just having all those moving pieces come together in a movie like that, I th- it's just gonna want to be. It's gonna be one of those things people aren't gonna want to miss, and that they're gonna want to make an effort to see in the theater. Yeah, I mean, I think Guardians is is close to that too. I just don't think it's gonna hit those numbers. Well, I mean, I I think it, it's like, you know, the Avengers set the bar now with like the big big time movies. Okay, yeah. and this is gonna like up that times too because you're gonna put the Avengers and the Guardians together. And put like a super movie together. Yeah. So, what would your rating for this movie be, Brian? Uh, after the after one viewing, I'm hovering at eight point five nine somewhere in there out of ten. Okay. I want to see how I feel after a second viewing before I really give like a final number because. Again, I had, you know, I sort of talked about it. I have a little bit of my complaints. Um, they're, they stand out less to me after one viewing just because I'm, I'm just sort of ha- having the movie wash over me. If I go into it the second time knowing what I didn't like, I don't, it depends if they, if that stuff stands out to me more or just blends into the background more and I can enjoy the movie. If it blends in, the score might go up. If they stand out, it might go down a little bit. Okay. But that's where I'm at. Mike? I, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm a solid eight and a half nine. Also, I was gonna give I it just, an eight and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because my my biggest my biggest thing with movies is Ushine. time. No, the no no. Well, yeah, Ushine. <laughs> yeah, Ushine. Let's not forget Ushine. <laughs> but it, it's it's the time factor. If it's one of those movies, let's say it's a two hour and fifteen minute movie, because I bet you that was probably in that ballpark, in the two hour to two hour and fifteen minute range. I'm guessing. Is does it feel like you sat there for two hours and fifteen minutes, or does it feel like holy shit, that's it, it's over? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah when movies feel like you've been there for ten minutes, that's a really good movie. <laughs> yeah. So, and I did feel that way because, like, I honestly didn't real. I mean, our, our movie was at six forty-five, so you figure it started at seven fifteen. I don't think we got out of the theater until after nine thirty, something like that. And it didn't even seem like it was that long. Like I was like totally like. Holy shit! I would like I didn't even once think about what time it was. Yeah, I felt like we got just from watching it. I feel like it got to the third act quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I was just waiting, sort of like for the shit to hit the fan and some sort of big fight sequence at the end. Mm-hmm. And it it felt like a lot happened, and then we finally got there. But it didn't feel like it took a long time to get there. So I'm sort of with you. I think it it, it did seem like the time flew. Yeah. I was trying to look at. The list that we made for most anticipated of this year. I don't which, think I was on that one. Yeah, I was gonna say, Andy, you were not there. But where do you think? Yeah, you got to email your uh, picks in if you can't be on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one told me this. <laughs> Mike, you well, still you haven't emailed your picks for your top from 2016. I'm still waiting on that list. Oh shit! You had mine. I completely forgot. Mike had Guardians two at his number three. Uh, not one and two. Uh, can you, oh, can you figure it out? Spider-Man's got to be one. Yep. Two. 
Your number two movie comes out in December. Oh, Star Wars. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, I had Guardians at my number two. That's right. So that I, was kind of it was kind of like one A, one B, one C. Yeah. <laughs> your number one was Star, Star Wars. Wars. Come on. My yeah, my number one Star Wars, and my number three Spider Man. So we we were all sort of around the same there, between Mike and I. Um, but Andy, just out of you know, sort of off the cuff here, where do you think you'd put Guardians in your most anticipated? Is that top three, top two? Guardians? Yeah. Um. Like, how how excited were you for this movie? Basically, top, I just want to ask everybody if it lived up to the hype or not. Top five, I would say. Okay. So, do you guys think this this lived up for the your justifications for your listings? Lived up to the hype for for your anticipation. It did. Oh yeah, absolutely. It it met all my expectations. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you like Guardians and you want more of the same, this is that movie. Yeah. And there's yeah, nothing definitely. wrong with that. No. Yeah. I'm kind of glad they didn't try to change it. You know. Yeah, they, they got something that works. They, yeah, they stuck with what works. Because that first movie surprised everybody and made a shit ton of money. So. Yeah. They decided that's what people want to see. You got to make another one like that. But uh, yeah, anything else? I think that's where we'll wrap it up. If we're we're good to go. All right, wind it down. All right. So if you've uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five star rating and review there, and be sure to share, subscribe, and favorite the show wherever you decide to listen. And as always, you can find us on Facebook. You can search for Bry Guy Super Friends or go to www.facebook.com/slash Bry Guy Super Friends. And don't forget, you can also send us questions, comments, topic suggestions, all that good stuff to either the Facebook page, email us at bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com, or tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. All of those work. And on behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. of hardship. Just remember...